You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Life feels like living in a fishbowl for many of you right now. You feel confined to your house or to your apartment. You, you might get out to go grocery shopping or to pick up a meal. And at first when this happened, you, it, it was kind of nice to hit the pause button on life, to spend more time with family, to, to rest, to, to maybe even do some projects around the house, maybe clean out the garage or a closet. But over time, you've kind of gotten tired of living in the fishbowl. You've gotten tired of some of the other, other fish in the fishbowl with you. Your spouse is getting on your last nerve. They keep on leaving their dirty socks on the couch. Or, or they le- they're leaving dirty dishes around the house. They might even put it in the sink, but they won't ever wash it. Or they won't put it in the dishwasher. Maybe your kids are, are whining. Or, or maybe they're making one mess after another mess. Or if you live in the Morgan household, maybe they turn on the TV so loud it seems like the neighbors can hear it. And especially as you're trying to work and you're trying to accomplish something, it's like a megaphone that's just in your ear. Maybe it's your coworkers. And they're really not working very hard and it's causing you to work even harder or, or they're being extremely needy. And, and, and you know you're supposed to love them, but it's really hard. And we're told in the Bible over and over again to to love other people, uh, to to show love. And Jesus even told us to to love those uh, who are our enemies. That that Galatians tells us that that love is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And that that love is a badge of discipleship. That if we're a follower of God, that our lives should be marked by love. 1 Corinthians 13 is is the love chapter. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a second. But Paul says that whatever gifts you have, you're to exercise them. But, it, but if you do so without love, those gifts accomplish nothing. And even though we know that we're supposed to love, even our family members who annoy us at times, and our co-workers, and our spouse, and our friends, sometimes love is really hard. And sometimes it's messy. And that's why we're starting a series called Messy. Loving others isn't easy. And we're going to take a deep dive into love. We're going to try to define it. And then we're also going to talk about how we live out love over the next several weeks. And so when I say that word love, what comes to mind? How would you define love? I want you to take a moment and I want you to discuss that with whoever you're watching this with right now. In 1929, Cole Porter wrote a hit song for one of his musicals in which he asked, what is that thing called love? And Nat King Cole and Frank Sinatra and many other singers sang the song, and it was so popular for many years. And, and I think it was so popular because people struggle with defining love. In the first century, the Greeks had a large number of words for love. One, one of the words meant to love your family and, and your friends and, and your country. Uh, Another word for love meant to have sexual passion or the rush uh, that you feel when something good happens in life. 
like when your favorite sports team makes a comeback and wins the Super Bowl, or, or maybe you go on a hike and you see this incredible waterfall and you get this rush of emotion and you're just uh, so amazed by it. Uh, other times we, we use that word when we really like something. Like, I love pizza, or I love Chinese food, or I love this shirt, or I love this car. And yet there's a couple passages in the Bible that define love differently. Uh, the first passage I want to look at is 1 John 4, 7 and 8. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Again, in the Bible we're told over and over to love one another. For love comes from God, so God is the source of love. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. That's pretty convicting. When we love, we reflect God. And when we don't love, we're not reflecting God. And then it says, for God is love. Did you catch it? Love is more than a feeling or emotion. It's a person. God is love. Love is not just what he does. It's who he is. It's his character. Everything he does flows from love. Love exists because of God. And we're able to love because of God. Because we're connected to God. And so because of God's love and because we're connected to God, we're able to love those sandpaper people in our life. Those, those people that just really just grind against us. We, we can love those people who make rants on social media that we totally disagree with, that many times the things they put out there is inaccurate. We can love our annoying children or our annoying spouse or our annoying friends. We can love that neighbor that plays their music loud at night and keeps us up. We may not have to like them, but we're definitely going to love them. God is love, but what does love really look like? And and I think that's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And Paul planted this church in Corinth. It was a, it was a seaport city. And, and what he found is a few years later that this church had some serious problems. They had division. They had sexual sin. There was lawsuits among them. There was disorderly worship. And there, there was spiritual immaturity. And it was a messy church. Like many churches that we have today are, are, are messy. And what Paul does is, even, even though this passage that, we, that we're looking at is many times used for weddings or in marriage counseling, I don't think that's what Paul had in mind when he wrote this. And what he was trying to do is he was getting, trying to get his church to understand what love is. And so read with me 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 4. It says, love is patient and kind. That's kind of like the umbrella for this whole little section of Scripture. It's kind of the umbrella for love. Love starts with being patient and kind. And then what Paul does is he shows what love isn't. He says, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not selfish. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of wrong. And so, again, love starts off, it's patient and kind, and then he goes on and it's like, hey, it's not jealous, it doesn't have pride, it's not irritable, it's not selfish. And verse 6, it does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. 
never lose faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love is committed. What's striking to me about this passage is if you look at who wrote this, Paul, whose original name was Saul, he was a man that was filled with hatred. And you look at Acts 9, and he went from town to town, breathing murderous threats against the church. And he was a man that was gripped by hatred. And he did not like the church. And he, he, he persecuted the church over and over. But what happened in his life is that God transformed him. And, and God showed him what love truly was. And, and now instead of persecuting churches, he's planning churches and he's loving people and he's showing this church right here that was messy and dysfunctional how to love. And, and some of you this morning, you're struggling with being loving. You're not feeling very loving. But I'm encouraging you to meditate on this passage. I, I want you this week, each day, to spend some time just meditating on 1 Corinthians 13. And maybe take just, hey, love is patient and love is kind. And I want you to think about that section every day. And, and then just keep on going throughout the week. And let, or let love meditate, just be meditating on what love is and let it soak into your heart. I think we have to get, we have to realize that love is more than a feeling, that, that it's a choice. It's a choice to be kind. It's a choice to be patient. It's a choice to forgive. I, I, I read this week of how some kids were asked what love was. And, and I think their answer was dead on. Rebecca, age eight, said, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. And so my grandfather does does it for her all of the time. Even when his hands got arthritis, he continued to do it. And then Rebecca said, that's love to me. Isn't that so true? And then you look at Billy, age four. He says, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know your name is safe in their mouth. Mm. And then Tommy, age six, says, Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. And that, that you can love a person despite their warts, despite their imperfections, despite their insecurities, that you can still continue to love them. And love is more than a feeling. It, it has hands and feet. And we're reminded of what love looks like each week when we come to communion. Communion reminds us that Jesus was mocked and beaten. And we're reminded that that's what love looks like. That Jesus suffered for us. He suffered for you and he suffered for me. We're reminded of that love when he carried that cross. We're reminded of that love when he was put up on that cross to die for our sins. I, I, we're reminded of that love when, when the thief, uh, the criminal next to him was mocking him and, and he could have cursed him but he didn't. And, and for the other thief, he actually showed extreme compassion for him. He, he was ministering why he was on the cross. I want you to remember that love is, is a sacrifice. And I want you to remember that love always requires sacrifice. 